Hello, my name is Allison Dehigh, and you're listening to another episode of Declassified. This episode, we will be discussing King Ludwig II of Bavaria. I was actually inspired to make this episode um, over my past winter break. Um, we went on a tour of King Ludwig's castles, um, and it was, he was a really fascinating character, so I really thought that um, maybe I'd do an episode on him and his mysterious death. So I actually got the opportunity to interview an expert over this subject who will be featured throughout the episode, and I'll just go ahead and let him introduce himself. My name is John Whetstone. I'm the owner of John's Bavarian Tours, located in Munich, Germany. John's Bavarian Tours has been uh, running officially since 2004. One of my hobbies has become Ludwig II, so I have read a great deal about this individual man. Everything that I am going to say is my opinion, but there is no way that you can prove anything because it all happened much too long ago. The situation with Ludwig II and his death is on the same level as the killing of John Kennedy. Nobody will ever really know. So, King Ludwig II, otherwise known as Mad King Ludwig or the Fairy Tale King, ruled Bavaria from 1864 to 1886. Born in August of 1845, Ludwig had a connection with the French court from an early age. He was born on the name day of Louis IX, and his grandfather's godfather was Louis XVI. Ludwig and his brother Otto were raised strictly and kept separate from each other, as well as other people. Otto was diagnosed as mentally ill and kept isolated in Nymphenburg Palace. As a child, Ludwig had a grand imagination, likely due to his heavy dependence on himself. His mother said, Ludwig enjoyed dressing up, took pleasure in play acting, loved pictures and the like, and liked making presents of his property, money, and other possessions. His fantasies emerged again later in his adult life. However, he managed to remain very intelligent while studied. He took the throne in 1864 at the early age of 18, describing this sudden change with apprehension. I became king much too early. I had not learned enough. I had made such a good beginning with the learning of state laws. Suddenly, I was snatched away from my books and set on the throne. Well, I am still trying to learn. In 1866, Ludwig suffered a great defeat as Prussia conquered Bavaria and Austria, and he became a mere vassal. Ludwig seemed to me to have a very obsessive personality, which I'll talk about here in a second, but he was obsessed with, obviously, his fantasies that he'd had as a child, and I think it was just all because everything that he thought about was internalized, and so the only things he knew became the things that he was obsessed with. John and I actually talked about these obsessions and interests after I asked what he found most fascinating about King Ludwig. And this is what he said. You asked me, what did I find the most fascinating about Ludwig? And I would say his interest in almost everything you can think of. Because this man was living in the industrial age. He had electricity. He had hot and cold running water, he had flushing toilets. 
um, he built buildings that looked very old on the outside and used everything that was available in his time that was modern for his own comfort and convenience. Um, he was interested in building a flying machine. That was one of the reasons they said he was insane, because he wanted to build a flying machine 20 or 30 years before the Wright brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, he was interested in photography. And um, there really wasn't very much technically that he wasn't interested in. But I definitely enjoyed go running in and out of his palaces for the last 17 years. And... Um, I'm sure that if he was alive today that I would definitely want to meet him. Um, And I'm sure that he would be a very impossible person to get along with. But that's okay, because very creative people are that way. Probably his most controversial interest was in the music and writings of Richard Wagner. After seeing one of his performances, Ludwig actually summoned Wagner and became his patron, supplying him with, you know, money, material needs, houses, etc. Wagner wrote about their first meeting, saying that, Today I was brought to him. He is unfortunately so beautiful and wise, soulful and lordly, that I fear his life must fade away like a divine dream in the space world. You cannot imagine the magic of his regard. If he remains alive, it will be a great miracle. The king decided to fund a music school and an opera theater in Munich, stating that it would be the music capital of Germany. But Ludwig was met with heavy resistance from the German people and also the government. They disapproved of Richard Wagner for many reasons. One, he was anti-Semitic and aggressively attempted to influence the Munich government on his own. Uh, He constantly drove himself into debt, um, despite having King Ludwig's funding. He also had an affair with conductor Hans von Bülow, Bülow's wife. And for these reasons, Ludwig caved and asked Wagner to leave Munich. Um, The two remained very connected, um, but Ludwig was still torn apart by his decision. So for the rest of his life, he felt very disconnected from the citizens of Munich and from other people, and he even moved the capital capital from Munich to Nuremberg just because he disliked the people there so much. And the king and parliament were now alienated from him which was a separation that lingered for the rest of Ludwig's life, and you'll kind of see the effects of that later. Additionally, Ludwig was obsessed with a sort of fantasy world where he believed himself to be a true king chosen by the grace of God to rule, sort of like a divine leader, if you will. His reality was a constitutional monarchy where his duties were very restricted and he had really no freedom of choice. He slept during the day and came alive at night, where he made plans to build extravagant palaces. His Neuschwanstein Castle, um, also known as the Disney Castle because it inspired Walt Disney to make the castle in the Magic Kingdom, was dedicated to Richard Wagner. Only 14 rooms were completed when Ludwig died, um, and each was inspired by Christian kings from the Middle Ages. Uh, My family and I were actually able to visit Neuschwanstein, and what I... I found most interesting was the beauty of the exterior and the views from it. You could, I mean, there's mountains and hills and country and everything. It was beautiful. Um, But the interior itself wasn't as impressive simply because things weren't finished. Obviously, there was, you know, like, there was, like, all these lavish 
rooms and, you know, design, but it wasn't anything spectacular. And there was rooms that were being worked on while we were there to preserve. And it was just kind of, it felt dead. It felt isolated. It it felt lonely inside. There wasn't really much to look at. Um, And I kind of think, well, no wonder he had such a lonely life. This is where he isolated himself, you know? Um, And then he also built um, his second most expensive building project, which was the Heron Shimsey Palace, um, inspired by Versailles in France. Um, He was not able to finish this palace either. Um, His third palace, Linderhof, was full of extravagant Rococo style. Gold, crystal, fine porcelain, and collected art are among the most impressive features in this palace. Um, Again, my family and I were able to visit Linderhof as well. And one feature that really interested me while we were there was the dining table. He had a dining table made so that it could be lowered under the ground into the kitchen so they could put his meals on there and have the dining table lowered or raised back up so he would not have to talk to anyone um, during his meals or see anyone. And I think that's actually really sad. Um, His isolation was also very evident in his later years where he spent more and more time in the mountains rather than among his people. He would hold private performances of music just for himself. He also walked alone among the lakes and the parks. He was also very lonely in his love life. He once was engaged to his cousin Princess Sophie, but it was dissolved without much explanation. Ludwig even said that the main substance of our relationship has always been Richard Wagner's remarkable and deeply moving destiny. He never married, and many believe him to have been gay. Highly affectionate letters between Wagner and Ludwig brought about these suspicions, along with his total disinterest in women, despite his very handsome appearance. Ludwig longed to desert the throne and live with Wagner, but never got the chance to. Wagner was involved with many women, and seemed to lack the lasting interest Ludwig held for him. It is rumored that Ludwig likely had other male lovers, including Richard Ornig, his officer of honor and young Hungarian actor Josef Kainz. Ludwig spent much of his life struggling to repress his sexuality and follow the Catholic Church. His isolation and refusal to participate in government created tension between him and his cabinet. He had driven himself into debt with his building and arts projects and demanded more loans, ignoring financial ministers. Before he could dismiss Before he could dismiss his entire cabinet, they declared him unfit to rule due to mental illness. Ludwig's uncle agreed to step in and rule only if Ludwig was proved insane. A medical report was assembled, largely in part by Maximilian Count von Holstein, the royal Bavarian colonel, who was embittered with Ludwig. He used bribery in his own power as a high-ranking official to extract witness accounts, gossip, and complaints from Ludwig's servants. Reasons listed in the report included Ludwig's shyness, avoidance of stately duties, and expensive projects. Other habits like dining outdoors on cold days, wearing layers in the summer, poor table manners, and threats to servants were also blamed. Yet these accusations were never proven completely true. The report was finalized and signed by four psychiatrists, Dr. Bernhard von Guden, Dr. Hubert von Graschi, Dr. Friedrich Wilhelm Hagen, and Dr. Max Hubrick. It declared that Ludwig suffered from paranoia and that he was incapable of ruling for the rest of his life, though Guden had only met the king once, while the rest had never met him and Ludwig was never examined. Now, I personally believe that the report was largely made up 
and that there was little to no basis behind it, just based off of my research. But I asked John if he believed that Ludwig was truly insane, and this is what he said. Well, I personally think he was depressive, but um, the actual terminology which they used in the 1800s for mental illness is very different than what it is today and the knowledge that they had at that time was extremely different to the knowledge today uh, of mental illness. We have terms used today, polar, bipolar, uh, manic, depressive, and, and so forth. Um, those expressions didn't even exist. He was declared paranoid. So um, to declare somebody paranoid and then have him die mysteriously makes you wonder if his paranoia wasn't justified. Following the report, a deposition was in order. However, Ludwig had been tipped off, and he ordered the local police to protect him in his castle, Neuschwanstein. He held out for some time, trying to build support and prevent the rise of his uncle to the throne. Eventually, Ludwig was seized and taken to a carriage. Ludwig asked Dr. Guden, How can you declare me insane? After all, you have never seen or examined me before. To which the court physician replied, It is unnecessary. The documentary evidence is very copious and completely substantiated. It is overwhelming. Ludwig was taken to Berg Castle on the shores of Lake Starnberg, where he would be held in exile for the rest of his life under the supervision of Dr. Gooden. So this is where the suspicious stuff really starts to pick up. Um, it's focusing on Ludwig's death, which is surrounded in mysteries and strange circumstances. And um, uh, the story begins on June 13th of 1886, Dr. Gooden and Ludwig go for a walk around Lake Starnberg at around 6 in the evening. Gooden actually requested that they not be followed by his attendant or any servants, or at least if they followed at a distance, and expressed enthusiasm about Ludwig's improving condition before leaving. They were last seen around 6.30 but never returned. A search was sent out, and after hours of looking, the bodies of Dr. Gooden and King Ludwig were found in the shallow waters of Lake Starnberg. Some believe it was murder, others suicide. However, Ludwig was an excellent swimmer, and the water was only waist-deep where he was found. His death was officially ruled a suicide by drowning, but his autopsy revealed no water was found in his lungs. He also showed no suicidal feelings or behaviors, though it was stated his death was caused by his mental disease. Gooden's body showed trauma around the head and neck, as well as strangulation. Many believe Ludwig was murdered after trying to escape from Berg Castle. The king's per personal fisherman, Jacob Little, said that three years after the king's death, I was made to swear an oath that I would never say certain things, not to my wife, not on my deathbed, and not to any priest. The state has undertaken to look after my family if anything should happen to me in either peacetime or war. Little kept his word, but left behind notes found after his death. The escape plan was comprised of a few points. Little would wait behind the bushes with his boat and row the king out to the lake. There those, loyal and, no. there, those loyal to the king would wait to help him escape. However, Little claimed that the king stepped one foot into the boat and was shot and killed on the spot. 
yet the autopsy again indicated no scars or wounds found on his body. Years later, Countess Josephine von Werbekaunitz would show her afternoon tea guests a gray loden coat. Extraordinarily, it had two bullet holes in the back. The Countess said, Now you will find out the truth about Ludwig's death without his family knowing. I will show you all the coat he wore on the day he died. Sadly, the coat was destroyed in a fire, along with the Countess and her husband. Another theory suggests Ludwig suffered from a heart attack or stroke due to the cool water of the lake while attempting to escape. Some believe that Ludwig had tried to escape and was stopped by Gunn, who Ludwig then violently killed. Then Ludwig, unable to bear his own actions, drowned himself in the lake. All these theories contest the plot holes within the official report released to the public. With so little information, it is difficult to tell what is truth and what is fiction. Then there is the matter of Dr. Gooden. Gooden diagnosed not just Ludwig, but his brother Otto as mentally ill. Many believe that his diagnoses were motivated by his politics. Gooden supported Prussia's rise to dominance at a time when Ludwig and Otto hated Prussia. In order to kick them off the throne, he did everything in his power to replace them with their uncle Leopold, also a Prussian supporter. He barely treated Otto's illness, locked him away for most of his life, possibly drugging him. Otto's condition only got worse as he was confined. After Ludwig died, Otto was to take the throne. However, a senior royal medical officer wrote a statement declaring Otto mentally ill and effectively taking away his power. It was in this way that the brothers never really ruled the kingdom, possibly at the hands of co-conspirators and Dr. Gooden. Here is a little bit more insight from John. I do not believe that a Roman Catholic would commit suicide. Um, I also don't believe that Dr. Gooden would commit suicide. Both of these men were found, according to the original report, face down in knee deep water. That's about the only thing we know that is officially written. Uh, whether they were dead or alive when they were found is not written very clearly. Um, many people believe that Ludwig was still alive when they pulled him out of the water. Uh, both of their watches had stopped um, at different times. So it's very difficult to trace back exactly what happened. And the Time has, of course, made it a very big, big difference. How do I think he died? Well, there are several, several different possibilities. Um, suicide is definitely ruled out because he wanted to go to heaven, and and by the Roman Catholic religion, you don't go to heaven if you commit suicide. So I think that takes care of that. Um, so there were two shots heard on this evening on the lake of Stadenberg. Um If you fire a rifle twice on a lake, you're going to hear it on almost the entire lake. So those two shots were definitely heard. There was a report that the security guard at the house on the lake heard something and fired two shots. Whether that's true or not, I do not know, um, but one of many of the reports that I read said that they changed the clothes that Ludwig was wearing for the 
funeral, which would make sense because if he had fallen into the lake, um, they probably would want a king to be dressed a little bit better when he was going to be uh, viewed by the public. Um, but they say that they took the clothes he was wearing and that they were burned in Dymphenburg Palace. Um, whether that is true, I cannot say. Um, if they wanted to cover up two bullet holes that were in the back of his coat and shirt, um, that would make sense. But nobody really knows. What do you think happened to King Ludwig II? Comment your theories or ideas on SoundCloud, Facebook, or Twitter. Also check out my website at declassifiedpodcast.wixsite.com. Thank you for listening.